What is good, everybody? This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. You are listening to MTMV Sports. My team, my voice, your team, their voice. They got you covered every day, every time that you need it. Keep it locked. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. What do you think of when you hear of mental hygiene? Coach D, who's from Brooklyn, New York, started in youth development, who's a coach, a teacher, a speaker, is here to tell us all about mental hygiene. Introducing Coach D. Good evening, Coach D. Thank you for coming on Sports Talk with C. Many blessings. Thank you for having me. So I was reading a little bit about you. You grew up in New York. Please tell me, well, Brooklyn, please tell me what that was like in the (laughs) basketball culture in New York City. Oh, man. Uh, So uh, I was born in the 80s, but I grew up in the 90s. I was a teenager in 2000s, early 2000s. So basketball culture was young Kobe, like number eight Kobe. Okay. Uh, Allen Iverson, Ooh. Uh, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter, uh, the USA women's basketball team. Nice. Because, um, yeah, at that time, they were on, like, different sitcoms, and, like, you, you saw all the women in the jackets. Like, I always wanted one of those jackets. <laughs> one of the, I still the, do. <laughs> the starter jackets was fire. Right. Um, they did, All the old stuff was fine. They definitely have facts, to come back. Not facts. But, you know, also with West Forbes, Street Bowl, um, Gersh, just really growing up with, like, basketball being, like, a part of, like, social culture. Like, if you're not, like, a bowler, like, like what you doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. kind of like you ain't here. Like, what you doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but you know, like I'm 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 more mature now. So, like, if you're not playing ball, it's perfectly fine. Okay. And where does your love for basketball come from? I know it's a social thing, but it oh, has man. to come from inside as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say I was introduced to it by my mom's friend. Uh, okay. And I remember uh, one of the first one of the first games I ever like remember watching was the game that uh, John Stocks dunked on Jordan. Like mm. I remember watching that as a child. Um, so that's like a core memory. Um, one of my first core memories of basketball. But for me, when I got on the court, it was someplace I could be my whole self, and no one was telling me I'm doing too much or I'm being too loud or I'm not being ladylike. Mm. you know the basketball court was the first place as I said I could be all of me and it was good like people want you to talk people want you to be loud people want you to be hype and I'm mm, like all the time mm-hmm. all the time I'm like oh I need to go over there Dude, this is this is for me um and this so is my yeah section. this is right this is my lane um and so yeah it was that space I could do that and and no one was yelling at me I wasn't getting in trouble so I just I fell in love with the game uh, I fell in love with the WNBA. I was 11 when it came out. Oh, wow. Like, I still have the VHS uh, eight-minute commercial. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Legit, yeah. Like, so, you know, seeing players like uh, Teresa Weatherspoon, like, someone short and stocky, um, you know, she had braids. And, you know, I was like, yeah, like, this is something, you know, that I can identify with and connect with socially as well as aesthetically you know mm-hmm. visibility matters and so you know at, at that young age to see women that looked like me and were doing things that I was interested in doing was was just 
it was just dope. It was, it was a game changer. I know that's right. So you've been coaching, training for 15 years. What was the reason you became a coach? Well, uh, I had a knee surgery very young. Uh, so I had uh, my first uh, surgery when I was 16, 17 years old. I had my first injury at 16, uh, surgery after I turned 17. And uh, after that was like legit in the middle of my sophomore year. And then I missed three months of school after that. Okay. And then I had to, you know, if you know anything about ACL injuries, you usually it's, it's usually a year process. I didn't have the right training. You know, my, I was living with my mom and my grandmother who didn't, you know, first off, my grandmother didn't really want me playing sports at the time. And then my mother didn't really know what to do. She was more worried about me hurting myself. Mm. So, you know, I didn't really have the tools back then. But what was interesting is I started working with children. Like at the end of the day, I can't play ball. So I might as well go get a job. And so I started working after school and working in youth development. And then I got bit by the coaching bug. Um, and at 19, that was all she wrote. I started coaching. So it took one time. Well, not really. Well, when you have to get a job and working with the kids. So the youth is a big part of why you started to coach. Definitely. Um, and I was reading your mission statement of get fit, fly, right? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Um, that right and there. I, <laughs> I, yes, I do love how you want to bring um, a safe space for authentic connection that enhances the sport and experiences for everyone. That's what really stood out to me because I never played. You know what I'm saying? So for me to be in a group or part of a group or be considered part of the sport. Everyone was like, but you never played, but you never played, but you never played. But I love the fact that you're part of your mission, you make it a safe space for everyone. So if you can uh, elaborate more on what Get Fit Fly Right is. So uh, Get Fit Fly Right is a resource. Uh, right now, you know, we are pretty service based. And so what I do is I provide coaches with tools to support their athletes with mental hygiene. Um, the goal is to create products where coaches are able, from a training perspective, um, be able to cultivate these, these systems of culture, these systems of wellness uh, within, within their programs. Uh, my goal is to really um, equip coaches because I believe not only does it start with coaches, but coaches are... They really are the gateway. You mm -hmm. know, our athletes, um, when they come to us, they come to us in a variety and a myriad of ways. And I think just as much as we get to train ourselves for the game, like learning new plays and um, being adjusted to different players and different schemes, different staff, um, different opponents, we also get to expand our ability to teach, our ability to support, and our ability to be aware. Okay. And so that's really the goal. Um, the end of the day, we're in a very hyper professionalized uh, sport culture, mm -hmm. and you know, coaches are you know they're they're feeling a lot of pressure. They're human themselves, and so you have a lot of coaches that either are succumbing to that pressure. Um, sometimes you have coaches that may lack emotional intelligence, and sometimes their approaches, um, the, the they they may not be aware of their impact. 
mm-hmm. um, as much as they are, you know, intentional about motivating or encouraging, they may not be aware that their impact is actually detrimental to their cause, right? Like, or that is detrimental to that youth years later, right? And I think that's one of the biggest um, things that, you know, we as coaches get to understand is that we have a lot of athletes that will not make it to the sport, you know, to the elite level and like really being aware of, of where you are as mm-hmm. a coach and, and where your athletes are and what your job is, you know, in terms of supporting them to be a better human, not necessarily just to play to the next level. Correct. And I think, um, you know, there's, there's been such an emphasis on that, right? Like, well, I'm, I'm a coach that, you know, I get coaches, I get players to the next level. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But are you only focused, you know, on the next level of the game? Or are you focused on really supporting them to develop strategies that will get them through the next level and phases of their life? Because that's what this is really about. So, and so explain to us what mental hygiene is. Well, that's, that's exactly what I was, I was going to say like that. So that's the goal. The goal is to use mental hygiene, um, as this tool, right? Um, mm-hmm. I am the mental hygienist. And so when you think of hygiene, like, you know, what, what do you think of when you hear the word hygiene? Clean. Exactly. Um, for, but for the always, constantly, different ways exactly. to become cleaner. Yes. Okay. Exactly. I, yes. <laughs> and so, you, and you know, definitely want to um, be clean for the long run. Right. So we're talking about mental cleanliness. We're talking about the prevention of illness, right? We, we wash because we want to not only prevent foul odor or um, implications on our social atmosphere, but we also want to prevent illness and disease. Correct. Right? So wouldn't it be that same simple uh, concept for our our mental well-being, Mm -hmm. which is nuanced, right? We have our mind, our thoughts, our ego, we have our conscious, and then we have our subconscious, our habitual, the things we do on auto, right? Like really being self-aware and being able to regulate and having the emotional intelligence um to then be able to cultivate that for your athletes as well right it's like um for example coaches may often um suggest new massage tools or stretches or relaxation tools to their athletes um, because they themselves may have used it right how beneficial would it be to equip coaches on ways that they can themselves maintain their mental hygiene and then incorporate these type of mindfulness exercises with the things they already do and it's already been proven uh, 11 time nba champion phil jackson has talking has openly talked about using mindfulness with his teams and finding different things until one thing worked and how hard has it been you know, because a lot of you see in the sport world staying away from the word mental, you know, because mm-hmm. hygiene is definitely from different from health. But, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of industries, well, well sports world, they want to stay away from mental. How hard or is it even hard getting introducing new coaches, new athletes into this mindfulness approach to playing the game of basketball? I think that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a dub- that question is a double-edged sword because, <laughs> yeah, like it is because you're absolutely right. Like there are people who are resistant to it, but then there are people who, or 
should, should I say resistant, but are in need of it. And then there are people who are aware that they are in need of it, but aren't committed to really doing the work that is necessary. And so mental health is, sorry, mental health is very trendy right now. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, there are a lot of people who may believe that the, that conversation may threaten um, what they may have going on as a program or what they have going on in sports. But I think it can only enhance um, what it is that you're doing as a coach and the impact that you can make by understanding the totality of a person beyond the student athlete, beyond the professional athlete, beyond the youth athlete. Um, being able to intuitively, uh, intelligently um, guide and support these people, mm -hmm. um, I think is, is, is where coaches get to get back to. And I think there are a lot of coaches that are, as I said, they, they want it, but they may not want to do the work. Or there are coaches that, you know, are not even aware that they need it. They, you know, they think it may threaten the progression of their program and so yeah it's it's the challenge has been not so much um getting new athletes on board um, because athletes are in need of safe space athletes mm -hmm. nowadays are more um they're wanting to share but because of the stigma they're not sharing in greater numbers if, if that makes sense yes um and so it's important that um coaches are prepared because it's not like how it was in our day and so the challenge is just really getting coaches to be committed on a level um, where they're able to safely engage their athletes I like what you said uh, just a few moments ago where you said people and I think a lot of coaches I mean that I witnessed forget that these athletes are human, that they are people and a bad win, a bad, a bad win, a bad loss can create other issues, bring back other memories from their childhood. And I feel as though remembering that part of you as a coach will help you want to incorporate this tool of mental hygiene in your program. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think there are a lot of coaches, as I said, who want to engage, but because there is a lot of um, work to, you know, it's practice. It's like, you know, not only showing a dog new tricks, but training the dog for it. Like, you know, a dog doesn't necessarily have to, you know, once they learn the trick, they got it. Um, and so this isn't the same way. It's a process. And I think the biggest challenge for new coaches or coaches who are new to uh, wanting to implement um, mental hygiene and mental wellness within their program culture is the fact that it's like anything that's new. You know, you're going to have some hit and misses. You're going to have some some failures, you, you know, but, you know, the longer that you're committed to it, you you then begin to see change. You then begin to um, experience uh, athletes becoming more and more open about what it is that they're feeling or that they're going through. Um, we're in a time where many are experiencing emotions um, in unhealthy ways or they're not experiencing, excuse me, they're processing 
and navigating their emotions in unhealthy ways. And basketball can also, or sports or physical activity can also be a crutch to dismiss, to deny, to deflect, mm-hmm. right? And so coaches being aware of that, right? Um, even for themselves, right? If, if, yeah, if coaches are more um, responsible, accountable, and um, expressive about their mental well-being, I my belief is is that it, they'll fall in line, right? That the athletes would be like, "Yo, my coach, yo, my coach just came in today, and like we we circled up, and they was they was telling us some, you know, some some I could curse." Yeah. Oh, like, you know, they're telling us some real shit and, and how they dealt with it. Like, yo, I think that's dope. Like, you know, like my coach told us to keep going today and like, I believe him or I believe her because, yo, I remember last week coach came in and was like feeling anxious and shared that with us and, you know, let us know that this was going to help, you know what I mean? Like that, da, 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 da. or, you know, yo, I, I like that silent day. Like Phil Jackson had a silent day. You know, like with my boys back in the day, I would have what was known as heart to hearts. So like once a month, we would go somewhere and just like hang out and play like board games. And like, like, and like, and they all knew it was like mushy talk. Like, and they used to make jokes about it and everything. But that was my way of like, okay, this is intentional time devoted to your emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. How important is mental hygiene? in the like in sports in basketball I know we talk about it you know with their mental for the future but how does it like like help the athlete during a season when you incorporate this tool of mental hygiene well I think it it starts with the whole person right Mm -hmm. um you know Nietzsche said it best when you feel good you do good Mm-hmm. So if athletes have a system to navigate and regulate their emotions off the court, um, just like any type of drill work, right? Mm-hmm. Anything that you do consistently and with repetition will become at some point habit, habitual. And now, you know, they will have all these tools within their toolkit to regulate their minds, regulate their energies, regulate their emotions. Even if they're the only person feeling it, they have, this is a tool that they would be able to use if they need five minutes and a mindful way, even during a game without it being on the forefront, because, you know, a lot of people don't want that out there. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Self-awareness is what's being brought to the forefront of the, of mental wellness. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's called hygiene. Um, because when you think about brushing your teeth, it's something that you do every day before you meet the world. Mm-hmm. It's a system of preventative care, right? right. And so if we're practicing mental hygiene, if, if we're, for example, um, I used to work at Columbia Prep uh, High School. And while I was there, I introduced 533 breath meditation. It's one of the methods um, that I use um, to, you know, one of the strategies for practicing mental hygiene. And so what I did was I had the girls circle up and every, every huddle before practice, we would circle up, have our hands out and breathe together. We would also affirm and then speak, we briefly speak about what we would bring to practice. This was also a time where the girls were invited to, if they needed to speak or if there was something on their mind, they could pull one of the coaches aside 
and release it. Because breathing is a very vulnerable act and you're doing this among your team, it's also important to acknowledge that certain things that you may have been thinking about may come up and you want to be met with that support if you know that you're going to be doing this very vulnerable thing. And so they still to this day do 533 before practice. Um, they also take a moment to breathe during and in the middle of games. And so like that's now a system for them that they've right. been able to um, continue to use as a way to self-regulate, but also to just have a practice where they're able to reset um, and, and, and regulate what it is that they're feeling, experiencing, or wanting to exude. Right. And so now this is, you know, uh, it becomes a practice. And what is the, the athlete project and why was it created? So TAP, uh, the athlete project is the system in which 533 um, is made up of. So it's the athlete project is a method um, involving three systems for wellness. One being the 533 breath meditation. Um, it is a system where the pillars are awareness, development, and normalization. The goal is to equip coaches with the ability to become aware, um, not only of themselves, but of the, the entire athlete, the, the whole being, um, to be able to develop these systems and, and cultivate uh, these di different hygiene um, regimens within their program. And then through that culti cultivation with a great consistency, now they're practicing um, these things, you know, also encouraging athletes to do it at home. Co coaches, they themselves are also taking these practices with them um, to, to that way um, embody the things that they are asking of their athletes. And with that normalization, the goal and the hope is that they will also be destigmatizing um, mental health. You know, athletes don't report out of fear of ostracization or, um, you know, losing their identity or being seen as weak. Right. And so if, you know, there is a system in place, there's a practice that's happening all the time, and now it becomes an expectation of what we do as a team um, to maintain our mental well-being, uh, then the likelihood of athletes feeling safe to report, feeling safe to come forward uh, is increased. And so the Athlete Project is that method to, to do that with the, within those three pillars. That is dope. That's really dope. I love the awareness development and the normalization um, being, you know, part of the 533 breath. I'm also might have to try that for myself sometimes <laughs> during road rage. Um, but just let us know how if someone wanted to reach out to find out about your project about mental hygiene, where can they uh, find you or more about mental hygiene? So um, I am a speaker, a coach, as well as a teacher. So I train coaches. I also train uh, leaders and athletes. Uh, so there's a, a, a variety of ways that people can get in touch with this information. Um, so I have what is known as TAP Talks. That's the Athlete Project Talks. And those are wellness sessions where um, I could facilitate a workshop or I could... Um, basically put your coaches through a training course. Um, that is my way of really engaging and educating uh, coaches as well as athletes 
uh, not only on the TAP method, but just other mental health awareness basics and, and you know, what to do and how to do. Uh, the other way is through athletic yoga. So I am a certified yoga teacher and um, I often host yoga sessions for athletes, specifically for basketball players, but I've also hosted for soccer and football players. And what that looks like is coaches usually reach out to me if their players are tight or in their heads or in need of agility or motivation, the list goes on and on. And so you could also reach out for an athletic yoga session. Um, that is a group or a private service. And then last but certainly not least is the 533 breath meditation. Uh, anyone who is in, interested in learning more or looking to be guided in the meditation itself and um, schedule a one-on-one -on -one session with me um, where they will be able well, right where they will be able to have access to that and so all of these things will be found on my website uh, www.getfitflyright.com get fit fly right dot com okay yeah yeah I do a lot see I do a lot I love it. And I want, I might be hitting you up myself because I might be meaning some of these, you know, tools of mental hygiene for my own self. I coach D, I greatly appreciate you coming on Sports Talk with C and sharing this informative tool to everyone who's listening. Um, and I hope that we do have some listeners that reach out to you. Um, and, you know, I'm tagging coaches and everybody to incorporate this because this is very important for our future. And again, like I said, thank you for coming on Sports Talk with C. Bless. I appreciate you, C, and many blessings. Uh, anyone interested? Uh, yeah, they can definitely hit me uh, on my URL. There is a contact page, but if you're in the social media space, I get fit We are on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn.